Hello and welcome to Regional Classics, a podcast from the University of Oxford, which reflects and celebrates the diverse voices of Oxford classicists, past and present, from different parts of the UK, all the while creating thought-provoking conversations, breaking down barriers, and showing that if you want to study the ancient world, any aspect, politics, history, art, science, literature, culture, and much more, then you can. Oxford classicists do not and need not come from only a narrow cross-section of society. Welcome to this Welsh episode of Regional Classics, and I'm delighted to be joined by Lewis Griffith, who has just completed his classical archaeology and ancient history undergraduate degree at St John's College. And recorded separately, it was a pleasure to be joined by Reem Ahmed, a former classics student at Christchurch College and now a trainee reporter for Media Wales, and by Ellie Williams, an undergraduate studying classics and English at Regent's Park College. So Reem, I wondered if you could just start by telling us whereabouts you're actually from in Wales and when you first encountered the ancient world. Yeah, uh, so yeah, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me on. So I'm from Cardiff. I've lived there pretty much my whole life, grew up there, went to school there. And I was thinking about this when I first encountered the ancient world. I think in an, in an informal level, it was probably the Percy Jackson um, series, the book series. And yeah, I remember when I was in probably like year five or year six, just like devouring those books and just absolutely loving it. But I think yeah, on a formal level, when I seriously started, I guess, studying the ancient world, that was probably when I started um, learning Latin in school, which would have been uh, year eight. Um, so yeah, that was when my kind of first encounters of the ancient world. Fantastic. Uh, how about you, Ellie? I think my experience was very different. I'm from rural Mid Wales, right on the border. And I went through the Welsh education system up until college. And then I was kind of forced across the border because there wasn't a really viable option for me here where I could study classics. I'd gone to an open day at um, Hereford Sixth Form College and been handed this little flyer and I'd seen on the front of it um, famous people who studied classics and I saw Chris Martin and I just thought, why not? So off I went over to England and I absolutely loved studying classics. And so then I ended up applying to Oxford for it. My experience at Oxford doing the intensive course was mind-blowing. Never thought I could learn an ancient language in a year. So I'm from a tiny, tiny village. It's called Groyswan. Um, it's sort of near Caerphilly, just north of Cardiff um, in South Wales. Um, and then I went to a, a Welsh medium comprehensive school called Ysgol Gavin Cymrhamni. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, to answer your question about how I first uh, sort of encountered the ancient world, not 100% sure I do have a specific moment in time. I guess, you know, Mary Beard's documentaries, uh, BBC documentaries are an amazing sort of uh, introduction. So it could have been those that sort of um, kicked off the passion, but I don't have a, a particular moment that I can remember thinking, oh, this is a new subject kind of thing. Did you ever get the chance to study any ancient subjects within your primary and secondary school then? I mean, you mentioned it was while speaking, which adds an extra interesting element. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, not at all. I never, ever studied anything to do with the ancient world um, whilst I was at school. You can't study Latin um, in, in sort of Welsh medium education. The the the, uh, the option is not there um, to do it through uh, like Quebec, so the, the Welsh language uh, exam board. And even, you know, when I studied history and stuff in school, didn't do anything to do with the Romans or the Greeks there. Um, and there's definitely no uh, classical civilization on offer either. 
so I think it can be difficult to, to get into that kind of thing uh, if you are from Wales and particularly if you do go to a Welsh uh, language school because you know if, if it's not as a subject which you're made to do or choose to do um, you, you've got to go off and do it on your own bat. Certainly I'm intrigued therefore how you found this passion for not just classical archaeology but also the ancient history so there must have been a point at which you decided this was the degree that you wanted to study so what was your thinking when you were sort of 16 17 18 about the, about what your academic future might be yeah that's the thing really isn't it um so I always wanted to go and study history when I was uh, thinking about going off to uni and I volunteered at uh, an amazing museum near Cardiff called St Fagan's uh, Natural History Museum or Folk Museum um, and, and one of the sort of displays they've got there is called Bryn Erir, and it's like a sort of Iron Age uh, settlement and it's a reconstruction of this farm and, and as part of that they were we could help out in painting the walls in like traditional methods etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway this uh, this settlement is set at exactly when the Romans came into came into Britain uh, sort of or it's it's about the time of Boudicca's conquest of so 60 AD um, I remember thinking, wow, this is a really interesting period of history. Um, I've studied history in school, but I've never really had a chance to properly study, uh, you know, the Romans or the Greeks, etc. And I think it was then I decided, oh, well, actually, instead of going to study history for three years, maybe I should go and study ancient history and archaeology for three years. as something different, you know, just to branch out, something a, a bit more interesting. Um, and so, Reem, obviously you've got that chance to study Latin from year eight, but at what was the point when you thought, actually, this is something I want to study further on and especially at university? Yeah, so I would say my A-levels are probably not typically what a classic student at Oxford would have, would have done. So I actually did biology, chemistry, maths and Latin at A-level. Yeah. Basically, through, throughout most of year 12, I was actually quite set on uh, doing medicine in a university mainly because my family is kind of all involved in um, medicine. But then, yeah, it was once I like had uh, work experience, um, I kind of decided, you know, that medicine wasn't for me. And I suppose I did a bit of soul searching, just thinking about, you know, it was quite, quite late at this point. I think it was the summer between year 12 and 13. And I was just thinking, you know, what, what do I really enjoy? Like what, what subject, you know, really kind of gets me up in the morning? What do I look forward to the most in school? And it was Latin basically. And it was the one thing that I'd, you know, carried on and I couldn't bear to like part with it in year 13. And I just decided, you know what, how about I kind of look into classics and um, yeah, I remember kind of scouring university websites, just what what does classics entail? Because um, I, I would probably say by this point, yeah, apart from, you know, Percy Jackson and, and Latin, um, my knowledge of classics of the ancient world probably wasn't very broad. Um, so there was a lot of kind of exploring in that summer. Um, what is classics I can I pretty much realize you know this is this is for me yeah the the idea of like being able to study ancient Greek as well was ama amazing kind of um, concept so yeah that's my that's how I came to my decision. Now Ellie you also you don't just do classics you also do English I believe so what made you decide to do that that joint honours course? I took I took four A-levels and then it got to the point where they said you have to choose a degree um, I might add that this was a very long time after they told me to apply to Oxford. It was apply to Oxford and then it was choose a degree. And I basically looked at my four A-levels and I thought, how many of these can I bear to part with? And I ended up keeping classics in English. Was there a difference in how the subject was perceived at school and also at home? The thing about South Wales I think you need to know is like 
it's Cardiff and then everything radiates out from that and everything kind of leads back to Cardiff. Once you get to sort of mid Wales, there is no like big anchor, some big population with loads of different like cultures. We are a very simple kind of small town dotted around and it's kind of the same story everywhere. There was there wasn't really anyone from my high school who wanted to go to the big sixth form college and study loads of A-levels. And it's a community where the schools are just there to put us through there until we're legally allowed to leave. And then they'll go back into doing whatever their parents do, or they'll do farming or they'll do something more hands-on. So I think I always kind of just, I knew that I couldn't find what I wanted here. And that's kind of what pushed me over the border. I knew I had to find a place where like, there were these same people who found all these like ancient things as fascinating and exciting as I did. And what what absolutely like blew my mind was when I got into this classics class, it was um, only the second class that they were running of the class Civ A-level at Hereford Sixth Form College. And unlike all my other classes, you could just walk into that classroom and we would never be off topic. We would always be talking about some kind of myth or some weird thing about what we were studying. And there was just this kind of atmosphere of us all being really like into what we were talking about and everyone was just a little bit different and it was amazing I'd never felt that in my life before and I think that that's a big problem in mid Wales especially there is there is not really a big drive to learn in the way that we would learn at university or even at college so I think not only is classics is not really a thing I don't think in a lot of ways like higher education or the love for learning is a thing and classics is like it is the kind of classic degree wasn't it one of the original ones studied at Oxford you do find that everyone who studies it is just trying to drink up everything they can learn and you can tell everyone just gets so into what they're talking about and I hadn't experienced any of that before college yeah, it's really fascinating. I think the societal and, and, and cultural differences that you, you've talked about there, specifically in relation to education. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody in a similar position who's living in perhaps a slightly different part of Mid Wales, who's maybe also feeling that they haven't got those opportunities or they haven't been able to be part of that sort of intellectual environment yet? I would definitely say that like you shouldn't follow the crowd. There were only three people from my year group in my high school that went to the sixth form college to study their A-levels. And everyone else thought we were crazy because we we would know nobody. We'd be in this humongous year group of a thousand people from this enormous catchment zone. Like I have a friend from Pontypool who came to this same college and we now both go to Oxford together. But like geographically, there is no way we should have ever met. And we ended up going to school together for two years because we decided that we really wanted to go to this one place where we knew we would get high quality education and be able to learn about the courses we were really interested in. So I would just say, you don't have to follow your friends. You just go to the college you want to go to and learn what you want to learn. You'll find friends who are like you wherever you go. And Reem, is there anything that, you know, looking back that you would say to either your former self or to someone in a similar position who doesn't necessarily come to classics that that early and always thinking of doing something different like you were thinking of doing medicine based on your a-levels um is there anything that you would you would advise that you would give in that situation um yeah echoing ellie's point i think just you know you only get like one shot like an undergraduate degree and i think it's such a like looking back on it now now that i'm you know finished with it 
you know it's such a special experience and I think um it's it's a very like personal experience and you really should be doing I feel quite strongly about this you should be doing a degree that you genuinely like want want to do not that your your parents want you to do or like your school is encouraging you to do I think if you for example yeah I'd say I definitely say to my younger self just just go for it and um I wish I just wish I kind of realized that earlier and realized that option was very much open to me before I even entered like sixth form um I'm I'm sure if I'd felt that since year 11 my A-level choices would have been very different possibly um so yeah I just think it's without sounding too cheesy I, I just really think university is such a special experience that you know we're so lucky to have so just take full full opportunity of it and and do something that you yeah genuinely really enjoy yeah and I would say especially if you're considering applying to Oxford because um it's it's not a myth that the workload is is tough and I think what often like got got me through is the love I had for classics and you know that kind of that's what kind of gets you all excited like Ellie Ellie was saying and it and it's nice to be in that environment where you know you're excited and other people are excited so I think it, it's just really important um to choose something that you genuinely from almost like from the bottom of your heart um yeah enjoy coming to Oxford to study a subject which you've never done before you I sort of felt like I was uh, you know a few steps behind other people because some people had already studied Latin or they'd done Greek in school or they'd done classical civilization so they might have had sort of a, a foundation of knowledge which I didn't have so I was kind of playing catch up uh, with that, you know, which ended up being perfectly fine. Uh, but it is a little bit daunting. But I guess, you know, you, you don't need to worry about that because you will be OK. Um, and in terms of how my background, you know, how it affected how when I came to Oxford, um, I think meeting like minded people. So I sort of spent a lot of time in um, which is the Oxford Welsh Society. So sort of meeting uh, other people who speak Welsh or other Welsh people as well. Um, and just being able to socialise with them uh, and realising that there are other people like you at Oxford. You're not completely on your own, as it were. That's great to hear, Lewis, that there's such a strong Welsh community in Oxford too. And Reem, how has your classics degree influenced your choice of career and um, your experience so far as a, as a journalist? Yeah, so um, I would say with, yeah, with my choice of career in Oxford we wrote so so many essays like all the time and I've always like loved writing so classics always um allowed me to to do lots of essays lots of writing um and that's like the same yeah in my career career now um you know write, writing all the time it's literally my job and yeah I would say in terms of the kind of choice possibly the choice of career that was more influenced by my extracurricular activities in Oxford. So I did quite a lot of student journalism as well. But I would definitely say with the breadth of classics, what that was one of my favourite aspects of classics. It was just the sheer breadth of, of the subject. So even though I kind of went into it through Latin primarily, I was kind of opened up to this whole world of, you know, archaeology, history, philosophy. And one of the things I realised, I think that's what drew, drew me to classic very much in the first place when I was first exploring it, is that I love that breadth of knowledge like I love the idea of studying something where you know it's not just this you you can like study so many different things and I feel like that translates into my current career I get to report on all sorts of things you know I do everything from like hard news to 
restaurant reviews to experience stories, first person stories. Um, so yeah, I'd say that translation has been really nice. Um, maybe in terms of like skills that I've learned, like attention to detail, thinking critically, think things like that, everything which I think classics really encourages. Yeah, all skills that I've been able to transfer. And Lewis, do you think that your degree in particular, I suppose, combining those two very different sides of archaeology and history has really developed those skills and helped you as you're looking for your future career? And do you have any plans on that front too? Yeah, definitely. I think because you you have sort of two, I guess in some ways they're similar and in other ways they're different uh, sides of the degree, you've got to think quite flexibly. You're approaching every sort of problem from two different perspectives. Um, you know, you're looking at it from an archaeological point of view and a, and a historical point of view um, and look at the different sources and things which you can use uh, together. Um, and to answer your second question, um, yeah, so I'm fairly fortunate in that I've managed to get myself a training contract um, with a commercial law firm. So once I've finished, I'm I'm, I'm going to study uh, law. So I'm doing the law conversion course, and then I'm I'm training as a as a commercial solicitor. So hopefully a fairly good career. But we'll we'll wait and see how the world of work is. Going going back a little bit to your degree, what were some of your favourite aspects then of the course, but also of the of the ancient past of the ancient world and those connections that you can draw between the archaeology and the history. Yeah, so I think probably my favourite part of the degree is the fact that you get to handle some of these uh, ancient objects. So in particular, I did a really niche module on Greek and Roman coins. Um, I don't think there are many other places that you can do that sort of work um, at undergraduate level. Um, it just happened to be that I was really interested in them. Uh, but because, you know, the, the uni is uh, associated with the Ashmolean Museum, we got to go into the museum and handle these coins. So you're studying these things and seeing the changes in the the, the coinage, and then you're also getting to hold it in your hand. Um, and then you know you're holding some pieces, which there are only a few in the in the entire world, and then it's in your hand right in front of you. So I think yeah, that's really exciting and an opportunity which you get uh, for for studying sort of ancient history and archaeology at Oxford is that you you get these first hand experiences of the material culture as part of the card degree you do uh, something called a museum report or a site report and that definitely does you know it is interdisciplinary in that you use both the archaeology and historical sources to study a particular object or site so i studied it's called the ribiri relief and it's a funerary relief from outside of rome uh, so I looked at something very niche in that um, I was looking at how freed women, so uh, female ex-slaves, how they represented themselves in their funerary monuments. Um, and I also meant I get I got to go out of Rome to, to go and have a look at this uh, relief. Uh, and I think that is interesting is that in with this part of the course, the museum report, a site report, that you can study anything you want. And Ellie, with combining classics and English, are there any sort of interdisciplinary links between the two subjects that you found that you particularly enjoyed? Um, I think something that I definitely stressed a lot when I was interviewed, because they like to ask you why you choose wacky things like classics and English, is I really do think they just go together so well. You can like, you, you do study the literature as a classicist, but then you can extend that as an, as an English student. I don't get to study um, very much cross-disciplinary stuff this year because uh, I'm only doing the first year English. But the way you can see how classics does inform all these authors and all these books and texts that you read later and later, like all the Percy Jackson books, 
it all goes back to classics. And I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't read the Percy Jackson books. I read the Pegasus books, which were very good, I must say. If you're a small child, if you want to get small child into classics, I would definitely recommend the Pegasus book. But you can just, you can see how literature is just always like built on these like core myths and retellings. And I love how you can look at different cultures and see that how they all have their different myths. Like we wrote an essay this um, year on the underworld and um, in book six of the Aeneid. And I wanted to look at like different cultures takes on it. So I, I tried to research some Egyptian underworld myths and then some Babylonian ones. And it was absolutely fascinating. Not at all relevant the first year of my degree in the slightest, but I absolutely loved it. And I just wanted to read more and more and more. And it got to the point where I had to sit down and go, you need to go and learn your declensions again. That's the best bit about classics, though, that it is so broad. And I would almost argue that certainly Egyptian Babylonian underworld, that's that is classics, too. It's, it's the prize is in, is, in, is in its depth and its and its breadth. Um, Reem, are there any sort of, inter- I know obviously over the course of your four-year course, um, even just doing single classics, you still get the opportunity to do so many different modules and elements and, of studying the ancient world. Are there any particular interdisciplinary uh, elements that you really enjoyed studying? Yeah, definitely. The two that stand out in my mind were, um, so I studied Hellenistic um, poetry and then I also studied Hellenistic art and archaeology um, as like a separate module. Um, and yeah, I just absolutely loved how what you could see in the literature, in the poetry was then translated into yeah, the visual art and archaeology. I absolutely um, loved that. And then in a similar way, I studied um, Neronian literature. Um, and I also studied, so this, by the way, I should probably say this is um, my finals modules. So this, I, I studied these, um, both of these in year three and year four. Um, so I studied Neronian literature. Then I also studied a history module, um, which was called Nero, Nero to Hadrian. So the period looking from Nero to Hadrian. And yeah, again, it was it was great to see what was yeah within within the literature and kind of ha- then having that context um, in the history, or at least the kind of yeah early part of that of that module. It was just really nice um, how they complemented each other. And I think that that's actually something I'd recommend to people, um, to um, Oxford Classics undergrads, you know, choosing their finals options and the more you can get them to complement each other. It just makes things easier. And it's just, it gives you, I think, a much richer understanding of like a, of a certain period and just looking at it from different angles is really nice. Fantastic. A couple of other speakers on this podcast have have made reference to their backgrounds and how it's actually really closely affected the types of module or the types of literature or history or art that they've studied as part of classics. And I wondered how you think that your Welsh background may or may not have influenced some of the elements of research that, that you've done, and particularly perhaps with your sort of more rural background in Mid Wales. I wonder if that's influenced the, the, top, the types of literature that you enjoy reading and studying. Actually, I did. I I emailed someone a few weeks ago and I was asking them if there was like anything I could do to delve into what exactly was going on in Wales in the classical period. And they sent me a big reading list um, that I'm going to try and get through over the summer because I I just don't see why we can't study Wales from the classical perspective. We have our own mythology and it's as rich as any other one. And apparently we can at some point, hopefully, study the Mabinogion and medieval Welsh. There's absolutely evidence to say that there were bards around 
the classical period and this all did filter down through and it just took, took them a little longer to get it written down. So I'm very interested to pursue that at some point in my degree. That sounds really, really interesting, though. And also, I suppose, from an archaeological perspective, there's so much in Wales that is that is relevant. And I know you can study, for example, um, there's a cities and settlements option for finals, which covers a huge variety of different parts of, of the then Roman Empire, but does also kind of give you that opportunity to find things a little bit closer to home in, in Roman Britain as well. Well, I just feel like in school in particular, and I feel like this probably applies to you, um, lots of Welsh schools but um, poetry was um, like very much celebrated in school like we always had um, like the annual Eisteddfod with the with the like chairing of the bard and we were encouraged to write poetry and encouraged to read read poetry um, I just think yeah poetry is such a yeah big big thing in Wales and I think that did uh, I, I definitely think that has Im- that, or at least did at the time impact my uh, final choices I think I did a lot of poetry a lot of Latin poetry Greek Greek poetry so so yeah I definitely think having having that background I wasn't you know necessarily going yeah so much down the history route so much down the philosophy route I was very much yeah the kind of more literature um focused options Mm. are there any ways that you think universities I suppose thinking from an Oxford classics perspective could try and help make classics more accessible to, to to Welsh students who might not yet know that they have the opportunity to study classics or that it's a subject for them well, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think Oxford are doing a really good job already. You know, they've got, for some students, unique summer schools. Um, and I did a, a few sort of uh, open day type things. I think it's Oxford Pathways, I want to say. And then you could come up to Oxford, go and have a look around the town and stay overnight and uh, have some lectures and things like that. So I think that's really helpful. But I think I'm also quite lucky in the fact that my teachers were you know, really pushing to get kids into, into Oxbridge, no matter the subject. So I think maybe keep going with that, with what they're doing, because um, perhaps not all schools will have teachers, you know, as good as mine, who are as keen to get people to go and study what they want to do. From from where I sit, I think Wales needs to up its game in mid Wales with the schools. They need to have better access for higher education. And these I know Wales is pushing for its students to be in higher educational places. It's it's why they give us more student finance and better access to all this money so that we can go to universities like Oxford and study these big subjects but it needs to it needs to come back into Wales and they need to give us better tools to gear us up to go to these places. I definitely um, agree with um, everything that Ellie said I think there's just a big problem in general, not only in Wales, but um, in England as well, with the fact that classics or, or like Latin, ancient Greek, it tends to be reserved for private schools um, in particular, which I think is just such a shame that, you know, so there are so many people who just have never even had a taste of classics. And I think hopefully over time, um, I mean, I mean, even in, in my school, I did go to a, a private school and, and like I said, I, I studied class, uh, Latin from year eight. Um, but I remember when I when I decided to carry uh, to take Latin um, in sixth form, I actually had quite a big problem even um, getting the classes. A because I was the only student in my entire sixth form studying Latin, um, and B they were actually going to basically stop people uh, because there was no one else doing it. They were actually going to stop it um, completely, and it's actually a bit it's even unclear like if if I hadn't done it, whether, you know, they would have stopped it completely 
forever after um, in, in my particular sick form, um, which is such a shame, I think. Yeah, like so it's even within private schools in in Wales, or at least in my experience, um, it's it's not even that popular. Whereas I remember speaking to uh, fellow um, students in Oxford who had who had studied Latin um, who uh, in uh, schools in England and their Latin classes had like 40 people. So I think um, in Wales, yeah, we are like um disadvantaged in like in two ways um there but I think until that particular issue with schools is resolved and the accessibility of of Latin of classics in general I think just getting it out in the community more is is really important like I was involved in um a, a really great initiative in Oxford called the Iris Project um led by Dr Lorna Robinson where Oxford classics undergrads would go and teach community classes um, for free in a particular state school in Oxford called um, Cheney School. And, and that's an, an excellent initiative, but I don't really know of any kind of similar thing in schools in, in Cardiff or elsewhere um, in Wales that there possibly is. Maybe I just um, don't know about it, but I think just kind of getting it out there. Um, and, you know, my, my experience with the Irish Classics project is that there are lots of people of all ages who are so interested in Latin, in ancient Greek, but just simply because of they just haven't had access to it. it that is literally the only reason why, you know, they, they just haven't studied it. And, and so many of them, you could have, you could see that if they'd done it from a, a young age, they probably might have even gone and, you know, studied it at university. So I think, um, yeah, accessibility is just a huge, huge one. And any all the problems we see of that in England are just amplified in Wales, I think. And the name of this overall project is Representative Classics. Do you feel that there are ways in which Oxford Classics could be more representative, both of its subject and the diversity of, of different elements you can study of the ancient world, and also of its student, staff and alumni body? Are there ways it can be more representative? I would say I think there's like still very much a, a stigma um, attached to what it means to study or... or, or a stigma but I also suppose like a perception of who exactly is studying classics at Oxford um like you know me being a black woman who's from Wales and you know when I tell people that I've studied classics at Oxford they're kind of like wait what like I thought it was all kind of privately educated like white boys who went to Eton who studied um classics at Oxford so I think just like maybe it would be great if Oxford could amplify more in in the kind of in in different in different ways, whether that be on yeah like various different platforms. You know the different types. All sorts of people are studying classics at Oxford, and you know it's not just like a certain type of people. It's um, women. It's people who've come from um, state schools. It's people of color. And I think yeah, just amplifying that. Like even yeah, the the whole the fact that this podcast is taking place is absolutely amazing. I think just yeah, getting that out more and more that um, you know there is a there's a place for you if you want to study classics at Oxford and you don't have to necessarily fit a certain mold that many people kind of expect um, of like a typical yeah classic student at Oxford. Thank you, Reem, for that really insightful response. And as you say, we hope this podcast goes some way and it's a small part of this wider project and other work to increase representation to show that we as members of the Oxford Classics community do and can come from a wide cross-section of society and, and to change the way that some people perceive the subject that we <laughs> all love. Now, 
Ellie, you are studying at Regent's Park College, which many prospective students or the general public might not have actually heard of because it's one of the smaller colleges. Reem, you were also you were at Christchurch, so there's a very you know there's, there's great difference there in terms of your actual lived Oxford experience in, in within your college. It would be interesting to hear from both of you sort of the perspectives and the pros and cons of not necessarily the specifics, but more just in terms of size between the different types of college there are in Oxford. Well, I love Regent's Park College. I think it's fabulous. It is very small, but the community is incredible. You get to, you know, everyone in your year group from the first like two days and then you meet every, everyone from the other year groups very quickly afterwards. Obviously with COVID, it wasn't quite as a complete uh, introduction, but, and I think it's just, it's really nice how we can have such a tight knit community and everyone knows each other and you just walk around college and there's always someone to talk to who you know pretty well. And we know we know all the staff really well. I know I can always go to any of the student welfare reps or any of the staff with any problem I have. And they they immediately know exactly who I am and everything is just so easily sorted within a few minutes because everyone just knows each other on a really personal level. So I think you should definitely go to Regent's Park College. And you do also have a tortoise, am I right? We do. We have Manny. She is the oldest at Oxford and we had a birthday party for her last term, which was very exciting. She's 119 now, apparently. Wow. Like um, you were saying, Katrina, um, yeah, uh, Christchurch is, is one of the biggest, biggest colleges. Um, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's got about 400 undergraduates. Um, so yeah, really big. I, I really enjoyed it. Like um, absolutely uh, you know uh, now that I've finished yeah have no regrets about choosing a bigger college just you know getting to I guess just having like different different groups of people to talk to I definitely see Ellie's point that I definitely do think you would know much more people on a on a personal level than I did but then at the same time yeah if you kind of want to hang out with these people one day or like these people um it just felt like there was yeah never a shortage of people to get to know and I definitely yeah didn't didn't get to know um everyone which in some ways like I think choice of college like it's like personal things some people might not might not like that they might prefer a small a smaller college some people might like these like massive college pops um where you don't necessarily like know anyone so I think I just say go for the go for what you feel where you feel most at home when you visit are there any other myths though about oxford or oxford classics or the study of classics in general that you would like to dispel yeah so i think a myth some people think about oxford is oh everybody must be super bright well yeah you're clever but you know i'll say it myself you know you're not that amazing at the end of the day there are lots of people um equally as bright or more bright that other places or studying other subjects and and people always think you know all you're doing is work 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 I think as long as you're fairly strict with yourself um, in terms of your workload then you can have a pretty active social life and you know go to the gym or whatever uh, and and have fun and get your work done Um, and I think it's you know it's up to the individual how much pressure they put on themselves if they really really want to get a first date you know you can choose to work every hour of the day Um, but equally you know if you 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 want to go to Oxford and have a good time you can have an active social life do your work uh, and still get a good degree at the end I suppose I wanted to talk about how people often people from Wales don't really understand what classics is mm. um, I remember I had a teacher and I was saying oh I'm thinking about applying for classics um, and this is a, a history teacher as well at that and he said oh you know what's that and sort of oh, why don't you just go and study this other subject instead so I think it's allowing people to understand that 
if if you do go and study ancient history or archaeology, it doesn't mean that you're gonna have to end up being a teacher or uh, end up doing being an archaeologist or working in a museum or whatever. An Oxford degree, it, it can help you go and do numerous different things. So just because you go and study a subject which isn't traditionally vocational, so say law, for example, um, you, you can go and do a number of things after your degree. I think that was something that uh, I sort of faced when I told a lot of people that I was going to go and study ancient history is that, yeah, but what's the point in that? What are you, what are you going to do with it? Uh, so I get, yeah, I guess that's my main point. Um, I think just that classics is very much like, again, in the least kind of cheesy way possible, but it's, it's very much alive. I think, again, there's we've already discussed, there's like a huge issue with people just not being aware of what classics is and who who the kind of big names in classics are. Um, obviously, there there are people who um, have have tried to like bring it into the public sphere, like Mary Beard, for example. Um, but yeah, I just think not enough people know that you know it's it's very much alive um it's such a rich subject it's not a boring subject like I, I've got just quite used to now people just assuming that my degree was boring for example and I just think wow I, I really do think there's just such a misconception about um what, what it means to study um ancient languages um and and the ancient world and I would just encourage anyone who's even just vaguely interested in it, just yeah, give it give it a try. Um, and I think the the Oxford Classics um, course, it, in my experience, is yeah, it, it's it's obviously one one of the best, and it's just going to offer you such an opportunity to you know explore anything you want within um, within the ancient world. Um, like I think I believe in finals there are 80 options 80 paper options which just proves to you like how much you can study I remember um like in in my college like as finalists I swear we all came out with like different degrees even though we all studied classics you know I had a friend who who's in my in he was like you know doing like all history papers like Greek history papers whereas I was doing like the complete opposite um, and it's just yeah I just think um yeah give it a chance and then in terms of Oxford I think as well just I feel like so many people I feel like everyone goes through this but you just don't think Oxford is for you or you're not clever enough for Oxford or you're not going to you won't fit in an, at Oxford but I can honestly say like you know I've I met amazing people during my time there and there there really is um you know some someone for everyone and you you will fit in and it's just just really don't listen to the to the stereotypes that are kind of yeah peddled about um in the media or um like elsewhere um or even by family and friends just just take a chance and yeah just go for it and yeah I'm sure like everyone who's got in would say you know can't can't believe you know that you've got in but like um yeah just if like I could get in if Ellie could get in if Katrina could get in like just yeah just believe in yourself and go for it. Indeed excellent advice and Ellie? Um, I would definitely agree about the misconception of it being like unapproachable you you'll be supported just as well so I think you just you need to believe in yourself a little bit and just if they think your mind is up to it you just turn up and they'll help you with the rest. Fantastic. Well, on that really positive note, 
I'd like to say thank you so much for an excellent conversation. It's been a, a real pleasure talking to you and hearing your perspectives on Oxford Classics. Um, so thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Regional Classics and to you for listening as well. <laughs>